Welcome to the Checkable Health Podcast, where we're helping everyday moms rethink how their healthcare starts at home. This podcast is for moms of school-aged children born in the 1900s that would buy an at-home strep test to check their child's sore throat from home. Hi, I'm Patty Post, founder and CEO of Checkable Health. I'm a mother of two amazing teenage sons and a daughter of a tween and married to my husband, Andrew, for nearly 20 years. I believe that all of us should be empowered to make clinical evidence-based healthcare decisions from home. And I also believe that through information, we can feel empowered to have better health through podcasts like this. Today, I have a really special guest that doesn't apply to my life right now because my kids are teenagers. But if I could have had Neha when I was a new mother, I would have paid a lot for her. Neha is a certified sleep trainer for infants and on to toddlers and even school-aged children. Her belief is that sleep is the most important thing in a child's life. It leads to better health, development. It leads to a happier family. Self-soothing is incredibly important in development. And it applies to even as adults, if we're able to self-soothe, we are able to handle our lives better. Just think of this. You brought your little bundle of joy home. All you new moms out there, you know what I'm talking about. You brought your bundle of joy home and it's sleeping well during the day. And then at night, it's like eyes are bright wide open. Well, for the first few months, that's just what it is. But there's a point where your baby should be sleeping through the night, 12 hours during the night, and then during the day naps as well. It sounds like a dream, doesn't it? Well, with Neha Naik, who is founder of Sleepy Cub, she is able to provide sleep training to new parents for infants all the way up to school-age children. It takes about seven days and it is humane. A lot of times we think that sleep training is okay, I'm going to throw my baby in the crib. I'm just going to let it cry it out until he finally falls asleep. That is not sleep training. In this episode today, Neha will talk to us about what sleep training is, the benefits, and how you can get in touch with her and start your sleep training at an appropriate time. The science behind it is actually fascinating. And like I said, if I could have had this when I was a mom, I definitely would have taken advantage of it. Good morning, everyone. This is Patty Post, your host of the Checkable Health Podcast. And today I have a guest that is an expert in sleep training for infants. Neha Neek, this is a wonderful pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. Hey, Patty. Thanks for having me. And hi to all the listeners. Super excited to be here today. Now, your business is named Sleepy Cub. I love that name, by the way. It's just perfectly suited. Yeah, I actually came up with that with my husband because we were thinking of, what do you think of the sleepy cup? It just makes you think of this little baby bear sleeping like when I imagined it. And I think that's all we want. Like we want our little cubs to be sleeping well. And so (laughs) it's just a very comforting and cutesy name. And I think when people see it, they know what it's about. It's about sleep, right? (laughs) In some context. And little hibernating away and they just are in a nice sound sleep. That's yep, just exactly a dream me. come true. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say that. So how many kids do you have? Let's start off with that. 
So I have two. I have a five and a half year old boy and then a two and a half year old girl. So two babies. And what made you come up with this business? And also tell us about your training that you got certified in to start this business. I got certified as a sleep consultant about two and a half years ago through IPSB. And the reason I was, I became certified is because when I had my first born, right, that was five and a half years ago, um, when I was pregnant, I did a lot of research just on being a good mom, raising good kids. We all do it, right? We've all read those books because we're like, we're going to be the best parent there is in the whole wide world. And along with that, I also started reading about sleep. Now, I will say that, you know, when you are reading about sleep and people tell you, well, sleep now because it's going to be hard, you don't really understand what that means until you have the baby, right? Because mm-hmm. you're like, how hard it can it be? Like, it's just a baby. Like, it's going to sleep 90% of the time, right? It's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then you bring the baby home and then you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> what is I this foreign thing that's never sleeps? <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, and then your whole life and your day and your sleep and your food revolves around this little baby you bring home from the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so when I started researching on sleep, I was like, this is really cool. Like, I hope my baby's a good sleeper so I don't have to worry about the sleep. Right. And of course, my firstborn, he was not that good of a sleeper. So he had a colic about four to six weeks in. Oh, wow. The ninth are miserable uh, and the witching hour, right? When they scream and cry for no reason. Mm And so I was like, okay, like this cannot be my life for the rest of my life. Like I, there's no way because I was, I also went back to work at the time I was working for a company. So I went back to work 12 weeks in, right? And so I was like, I can't be awake all day and then awake all night. That's not going to work. Right. And so while I had the foundations of, you know, what healthy sleep looks like in kids, I then really took it up to the next level and did a bunch of research, watch YouTube video of like child psychologists and pediatricians you know, like research papers run up on sleep and sleep training. And if it's actually harmful for the baby, is it helpful? And then came up with a plan that worked for me and my baby, looked at wake times and self-soothing and all that. And then I started right when he was five months old. And then he was sleep trained, you know, with about a week-ish in. Oh, wow. That's fast. It was, yeah, it was good. And then he was sleeping 12 hours at night and then taking two very healthy naps, like an hour, hour and a half. And that was really good because my even my nanny at the time was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I don't have to rock the baby. You know, I don't have to like coax it to go to sleep. Like you just put him in the crib and then he goes to sleep. I think the only uphill battle that I personally had just coming from women of a diverse background, you know, I, I'm originally Indian. So my parents moved here from India when I was 11. And I married my husband, who is primarily brought up in India and moved here just about 15, 10, 15 years ago. And so there was a lot of this cultural, you know, like stigma, right, around sleep training. Like it almost made me feel like a selfish mom. It made me feel like I'm hurting my baby. There were questions about, well, if you don't co-sleep, is the baby even going to love you or are they going to be attached to you? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of that. And it's interesting because when you're a first time mom and you're hormonal and there's your breastfeeding, there's so many things going on. And so while rationally you may know what you're doing is right, emotionally and psychologically, sometimes it's hard to push those feelings back of like, wait, am I doing the right thing? The child, you know, the psychologist said this, but my parents are saying one thing, my husband's saying one thing, right? And so really kind of digging through that. But one of the reasons I wanted to become a sleep consultant is once I sleep treat both of my kids, every family kept asked, family members asked, cousins asked, you know, friends asked, 
especially people from diverse backgrounds, because it's not as mainstream, right? Like in India, this is not mainstream. So they were like, wait, how did you do this? Like, I want to do this because now I'm working. And my husband was like, why don't you get certified and actually start your business? And that's how I want to be a support system for women and families who are really struggling with this, the whole issue of kids sleep as it relates specifically to what their societal and cultural expectations are. So, yeah, it's just easier for women who are in that background to identify with someone like me because I've been through those very same hurdles. And what are some of the just so we can understand, what are some of those stigmas around that? Is it that you should be sleeping with your baby or you shouldn't let them cry too long? What was that that you were battling through culturally? I think it was actually both. So it was definitely this concept of, you know, at least my parents, it was like, well, we slept with both of you. I have a younger brother until Mm -hmm. you were, you know, six or seven years old and then, you know, put you in your own room and, you know, he's only five months old. Like, is this people too young? Right? right. I think the other stigma was there's this weird concept about how the baby still needs to eat at night when even if the, after they gained enough weight. Of course, if your baby is developmentally not where they need to be, they should get that extra feeding. And I'm 100 percent on board with that. Or if they're younger than five, six months old, they should probably keep that night feed so they have their body weight. Right. But that being said, I also didn't feel like if the doctor said, hey, he doesn't need the feed at night. Yeah. I don't need to keep the feed at night. And I think there was, I was made to feel guilty around taking away the feed because it was like, are you starving your baby now? Like, is this supposed to happen? And my baby, honestly, as soon as after I sleep trained, ate so well during the day, I was like, oh my gosh, like you are literally <laughs> eating everything in the house, right? Because he was baking up those calories yeah. like us during the day, right? And then, yes, the third part of it was definitely the crying, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you, why should they cry? Like, they're baby, they need you, right? But crying is the way they communicate. It doesn't mean that they're hurt. And my pediatrician actually was the first person who went first read a sleep train. And he was like, as long as they're well-fed, they're clean, they're dry, they're warm, they're in a safe environment, it's okay, right? Yeah. We're not putting them in the you know middle of the freeway, right? right. Like, they're very safe and loved. And I think the fourth thing was this concept of self-care is, Mm -hmm. I think, in a lot of cultures still missing, Mm -hmm. right? Where if a woman specifically, and I'm going to play the gender card because I think it does very much apply here. If a woman were to sleep in or a woman were to go to sleep early or go get a massage or a facial, like, whoa, like she just like, how dare she, you know? Yeah. And it's that whole concept of you're selfish because you're sleep training, because you want your alone time. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, especially, you know, you're still a human being, right? Whether you're working or not working, you're a stable mom or whatever. Yeah. You are allowed to sleep at a decent hour and wake up when you want to wake up. <laughs> like, yes, healthy. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, oh, no, like that. So I am very much that whole stereotype. And, you know, I wanted to push back against that. Mm-hmm. In your summary, you talked about sleep deprivation and it's sleep deprivation for everyone in the family. And that's really the root of it can cause stress. It can cause anxiety and just your overall productivity is so much inferior than if you had a quality sleep, right? Exactly. And they they have studies now where you go like two or three nights without sleep and drive a vehicle. You know, it's as I think equivalent to having four or five shots of whiskey and driving those people. Like there's like an actual study on that where it's like your brain literally cannot function. And I always tell this, one of the main things I talk about on my website and with my clients is sleep is a biological necessity. It's not an option, mm-hmm. right? Like working out maybe is an option if you're healthy, 
But sleep is our option. You can't just like skip sleep because you don't have the time. Right. Like if you've got a couple of nights without sleep, you're going to be like, okay, I'm miserable. I need my bed and I need to just pass out. I don't even care for a filler blanket at this point. Like I just need to sleep, mm-hmm. right? And it's really important to go back and think through that. And I think a lot of times what happens is, especially with new parents, it's very much underestimated how much of a good sleep you need. And it's not yeah. just for you. It's also for your baby. So even babies and kids who sleep well without interruptions at night and have an earlier bedtime, they're less likely to diagnose behavioral disorders. They're less likely to diagnose with any type of physical dependencies later on in life, like alcohol, substance abuse, mm. because they're able to self-soothe and they don't need this thing to help them make feel, you know, make themselves feel better. They're less likely to get sick because their immune systems are amazing. Mm-hmm. They have good long-term and short-term memory, right? And they developmentally meet all of their milestones because their body is getting the rest it needs to develop their brain and other organs while they're sleeping. And so it's not just important for parents, but it's, it's very much important for the kids. So if you do do this, you are actually being the opposite of selfish. You are actually teaching your children a very important life skill, like riding a bike, writing, reading, that they're going to use for the rest of their lives, right? And you're ensuring that you and your spouse have a healthy marriage. You have date nights. You are a healthy mom. You go for massages or dinners and girls' nights out because we all need that. We all need a change. We all need a break. And yeah. to think otherwise is, I think, just to be unfair, you know, because it's like you can't just be a mom and that's all you do for the rest of your life. I don't think that's the right expectation that we need to set for women or just families in general in our society. Oh, I couldn't agree more. If there's a mom listening that was hesitant of sleep training, I think what you said right there would totally shift their mindset. I mean, you are doing it for your entire family and for your child, most importantly. That's very interesting that you said that you won't lead to a dependence on substances because you have that opportunity. You know how to self-soothe. That's fascinating to me. In our last podcast with Cody Baxter, we talked about obesity as a chronic disease. And he talked about sleep hygiene and the importance of a regular sleep. And it just that is like a key element in health yeah. is quality sleep. I think a lot of times as mothers, we think, okay, well, that's what it's our cross to bear the first year of life. We're just going to have to be sleep deprived. So tell us about when you mentioned five weeks, so that five to six weeks, you know, your baby is on a healthy, in a healthy weight range. What's the way to start? And even how do they access you? Yeah, so it's technically five or six months, not oh, weeks. So typically the first, no, it's okay. I just don't want the listeners to be like, oh, I can do this. Do you need help sleeping? Do you want to change your life with a good night's rest? Go to checkablehealth.com and get our melatonin with Passiflora. It's a low dose of melatonin with Passiflora that allows you to stay asleep through the night. And it makes it so you don't wake up really groggy. It's checkablehealth.com. Use the Persevere code for 10% off your next order. So typically the way you do it is, you know, the fourth trimester, which is from the day, the, the minute the baby's born until they are about three months old, right? This does not apply if you have a premature baby. Obviously for that, you need to make sure that they are tracking well. We have to be very careful about what we put out there because sometimes people will listen and then it's like, Whoa. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing is usually around the four to six month mark, if your baby is tracking well developmentally, 
which is health and the head circumference and the height. Those are the three things, you know, when you walk in the pediatrician's office, that's what the first three things they check. If they're tracking well and on that little chart that the doctor has showed you and they're doing well, that is typically the time you can start asking your pediatrician, hey, I want to sleep train. What's a good time? And at that point, your doctor may say, okay, let's give her two more weeks. I really want him or her to be here instead of here, you know, and then see how that goes. Once you are okayed by the pediatrician, that's when you sought out someone like me, right? That's the very first step because your pediatrician's going to intimately know your child's background more than we do as sleep consultants. I'm not a licensed physician, so there's no way for me on a video call to know exactly, you know, what type of a birth you had and if your baby had any other trauma or surgery when they were little. And typically, I've seen that happen in the five to six month mark, right? Some kids are four months if they're like really, you know, cute and they're healthy and they love to eat and all that. But typically the five to six month mark, and I have worked with families sooner as well, but we keep the feeding, right? So we start at three months, but they wake up to eat. Then we feed them or the mom feeds them, works them and puts them in awake. So there's no right time. It just from a dropping the night feed perspective, it's the five to six month mark. Once you get cleared, then you basically reach out to me. We figure out, you know, what your concerns are, what's holding you back from sleep training, because I really like to get to the root of the problem. I don't want to just put a Band-Aid solution and then you come back with a bigger wound two weeks from now. So I'm going to ask you, OK, like, is your spouse on board with this? Right. Is your any other caretakers on board with this? No. Why are they not on board with it? OK, let's get them involved. Right. I've had people say, well, my husband's traveling for a week. Can we just get it over with? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, sure, you know, we could get it over with. But it's probably better for him to be there because let's say there's a regression, you know, and you're not available, like he can handle that regression and he knows exactly what to do. Right. And I feel like also um, crying has made such a big deal in this whole, I think, situation about sleep training. But I'm telling you, it's actually not as bad if you stick to the wake times and you are consistent. Consistency is key. If you do it for a night and then stop for two nights and then do it for a night, you're going to confuse the baby, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever worked out or exercised or gone on a diet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but it's always the hardest part about anything you take over is accountability and consistency. Right. And that's when a sleep consultant comes in and says, hey, you could do this, right? It's like your yeah. personal trainer going, you don't need to eat the cake. You got this, right? Like we can yeah. do this. Like you could do the 10 pushups. And so if you are struggling with accountability, with consistency, with the science behind it, if you're struggling with having other family members on board, that's really when you would use my services because I look at all of those things in that quadrant and make sure that we are equipped so that when you start, you do it the right way. And when we're done, I really want you to feel relieved and I want you to come and say, oh my gosh, I wish I would have done this like sooner, right? That's typically 99% of my clients will be like, oh, I don't know why I didn't we do this sooner. I don't know what I was freaking out about. Mm-hmm. And then literally within days, within weeks, you will see that parent go from, you know, even my calls with them, like my first call, you know, with the hair and the the crazy clothes to my last call where they're all dressed up now and they look good, they feel good, right? And I think it's really all about that, right? You want to feel good. You want your baby to feel good. And you want the entire family to sleep well, right? Because mm-hmm. taking pride in the fact that I only slept three hours last night is not where you want to be. It's not the foundation you want yeah. to set for your family. You don't want to sleep in one room with a baby and your spouse in another room. You're not giving them a healthy example of what a true family should look like, right? So you have to start thinking about those things that are going to factor into their personalities and their belief systems as they grow up, right? And so you want them to know that mommy and daddy have a healthy marriage and that's good. That's a good thing, right? And so those are the kind of things you want to think about when you start sleep training. It's not just the impact you have on their lives today, 
but it's also what you're going to put into their belief systems as they grow up. That's great advice to think of early on for the example. What if you've had a couple of years to create these bad habits, though? Can you still rescue that and, and get it into shape? Yeah, I, you know, I always say better late than never, right? We've all heard that cliche saying, right? And I think it definitely applies here. So I've worked with clients that are, you know, as young as eight weeks, nine weeks old, but I've also worked with children more as old as six or seven years old. And so typically what will happen is this is kind of a trend where, you know, the the parents get pregnant with the second one and they're like, well, now we can't, you know, we can't do this. Like, this is too much. We can't have two kids in the bed. We can't have three kids in the bed, right? Like it's it's a lot. And typically that's when people start saying, okay, our first born is four years. I'm expecting my second one at three miles. How do we fix this? How do we rectify the situation, right? And there is so many things that you can do with toddlers. There's pros and cons to each age, right? So with infants and younger children, like you can't talk to a six month old and say, hey, it's bedtime. She's probably just going to look at you and like, okay, cool. Like, Great. I'm going to understand what you're saying, right? Yeah. But when it comes to older children, you can actually sit down and talk to them and say, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to sleep in your own bed. And typically when I work with older, you know, older children, uh, I like to do a video call or FaceTime with them. I just say, hey, this is what mommy and daddy are going to do with you today. I'm Miss Neha. I'm going to help you through this because I feel like, you know, when the teacher tells you something versus when the parents tell you something, it's a different dynamic. Yeah. So, um, and then I send them a little, I'm like, okay, if you do this for seven nights, you know, I'm going to send you a toy. And then I send them like a little toy on Amazon and it's like, oh my gosh, I did this, you know? And then I tell the parents to make them their favorite breakfast on weekend and make it like super fun for them. And so it's, it can be done more fun. Now, are they going to push back more than a six-month-old? Yes, because for four years, all they've known is to sleep next to mommy and daddy, right? So you will see them push back more. It doesn't mean that they're going to hate you. It doesn't mean that they love you any less. They're reacting to it. They're reacting to change, right? Mm-hmm. And as adults, when there's change, even we sometimes have to process the change. If we move, we start a new job, yeah. you know, we break up with our you know, spouse or boyfriends, whatever that change, we have to internalize and kind of let it, you know, sink in and, and react to that. Well, kids, the only way to do that is cry or push back, right? Yeah. And they can't yeah. communicate that psychologically. They can't say, this is not cool. Like, this sucks. Yeah. And so the way it comes out is them crying and, you know, just rebelling against what's going on. Yeah. It only lasts a couple nights. And once they start sleeping really well and they realize that their bed and their room is a safe space for them, they love it. Right. And I've worked with five and six year olds who started off going, I'm absolutely not sleeping without mommy and then start sleeping there. And now they're like, mommy, it's time to go to bed. I want to go to my room. Right. Because to them, I mean, for us, like our bedroom is a safe space. Right. We go there and we're like, okay, it's time to go to bed. Like it's finally me. And you want to start instilling that feeling in that because it helps also instill boundaries when they grow up. Right. Mm -hmm. And they can say, this is enough. I'm out. Mm -hmm. And they're able to disconnect from that situation. So. There's a lot of psychological parallels that you can draw from just sleep training. Yeah. Tell us what sleep training looks like for an infant. Like my baby is sleep trained. What does that mean? So sleep training essentially means the art of self-soothing, right? So if you think of the very, very basics of it is if you have a six-month-old and they're used to sleeping with you feeding them. And so what happens when they wake up is they expect a bottle or your boo, right? Because that's what they're expecting. They're expecting this thing to soothe them. Mm-hmm. A sleep trained baby will no longer need that external stimuli. So what that means is when you put them to sleep, you're not going to put them to sleep feeding. You're going to put them to sleep completely awake. They're going to self-soothe themselves to sleep. 
so that when they wake up at 2 a.m., they don't need mommy or daddy anymore to feed them. Mm-hmm. They wake up and they're able to put themselves to sleep right away. And a misconception is that, you know, if I sleep trained, they should never wake up at night. Mm-hmm. Right? That's not the case. Even as adults, we have dreams. Sleep training is not just putting the baby in the crib and letting your cry out. There's a method to the madness. There's definitely science behind it. There's a way to do it without having so many tears and so much pushback from your kids. That's the first thing. So start to not think about it that way. I think the second thing is there's other implications within the child's life, like ability to, you know, teach themselves to eat. You know, they become independent faster, right? And I'm not saying independent, like they're going to go to college tomorrow. I'm (laughs) saying independent in terms of if they were to go to a daycare or some type of a care or even with a nanny, you will notice their behavior a little bit different from other babies who are a little bit more meat. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you will kind of start like even the kids that I work with, the parents would say, oh, my gosh, like she never used to play by herself. Like she used to scream running murder if I left the room. And now she like play by herself, you know, and she eats really well. You'll see the food intake go up because now at night, if your baby was dependent on a bottle, they're no longer getting those calories at night. So during the day, they're eating a much healthier breakfast. They're trying out new foods. And also as a parent, you feel just happy, right? To have to see your baby go through that in a positive way. It's such a good feeling. So yeah, I mean, only good things for sure. But unfortunately, because of all the resources that are out there that are negative, people are like, well, it's going to damage them. It's going to, you know, I'm telling you right now, I've worked with hundreds of families. I work with two mom kids. No one has turned on damage. They're, they they love me very much. And I have never felt that way. Happy, healthy families. That's the name of your game, right? That yep. sleep well. Yep, exactly. So if there's any moms out there listening or dads and they're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Like, what is the training? Is it online? Do you do group trainings or is it always one-on-one? So there's a couple of things actually. So I do workshops every four to six weeks and we have one coming up on October 27th. So okay. it's kind of like a group session. It's 90 minutes. And during that time, you know, people can join, ask questions. I go through my exact methodology and show you how I do it. I have done it and help families. So it's like working with me one-on-one, but in a group setting, right? Mm-hmm. That's one way to do it. The second way is I do have a one-on-one package where you can sign up. It's $4.97. It's, you know, one week of support with me, email and text. I used to offer two weeks and I realized nobody ever needs the full two weeks. So I'm like, I'm going to do it one week, right? Like, yeah. oh, just get it over within a week. You don't even need the two weeks. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's one way. And then you get a one hour, like a call with me where I walk you through specifically for your child, right? And all my programs are customized. So I don't do, I don't use a copy of paste template. Everything is according to your child, their age, what they're eating, your just kind of family lifestyle, right? Because I work with doctors and nurses who are like, we don't want them to sleep until 9 p.m. and then wake up at 9 a.m. And then we have, you know, like, oh, I, want them to have a 7 p.m. bedtime. So it just really is customized for what you're looking for. Um, And then I have my DIY, which is a do-it-yourself course, which basically you buy the course and you would just watch videos of me walking you through it. There's worksheets. There's questions that I ask you throughout the course. And then there's actual like email support as well with that. So you can send me an email and say, hey, this is really good, but I have a question on this module this is what I'm struggling with. How can I get over this hurdle, right? And so you mm-hmm. kind of get that too. And so I think, you know, it depends on what type of personality are you. If you like the group, you could do the group. If you want the one-on-one, you could do the one-on-one. If you're like, I'm going to learn this myself and do it myself, but I don't need the extra support, then you can do the DIY course as well. Wow, those are amazing options. I mean, 
And I love that you have three different options for maybe you can't afford it or your learning style. What came to my mind, because my kids are all teenagers now, is I always struggle with a baby shower gift because I think, oh gosh, they're going to wear this outfit once or you know, they don't need another wipe warmer. This would be the perfect gift to go in with a couple of your girlfriends and get it for that new mom. And she might not use it right away. I mean, she won't use it right away. But speaking of that, we have a new mom. When should she take the training? Should she take it and then apply it immediately? That's a really good question. I think this is such a case-by-case basis. So I know, like myself, I started researching before I had the baby. Because that's Mm -hmm. My husband jokes about this. Even when we go on vacation, like, I need to know going, what's around there. And plan out everything, right? Like, I can't just vacation, truly. Like, I'm like, I can't just wake up at 9 a.m. and go, I don't know what I'm doing today. Like, that has to be a plan. If I'm not doing something today, that has to be, like, a plan. It can't just happen. So it just really depends. I also know moms who wait, like, they'll do the training and then they'll start, like, they'll watch the course and then they start, like, two or three weeks later because they want time to digest that information. They want the time to answer questions. Then I work with parents who are like, I watch a course in the morning and we started in the evening, right? Boop. Like, so cool. Very <laughs> I think cool. It really depends. Yeah. And I think you just have to know that person really well. Like, if it was someone like me, I would like to actually have it when I was still pregnant because then I, I have the time then, right? Like, before the baby comes, I'm probably on maternity leave or like taking it a little bit lighter at work. And, you know, I have time to just sit there on the weekends and watch that, right? So, yep. But if you're someone like, no, I can't watch this now. I do it six months later. Like, I'd rather do it a week before. Then you can send it to, you know, buy it for them then, but they would just use it a couple of months later. Mm-hmm. And you have an active blog. So if she is wanting to do research, she can head over to your blog and learn more yeah, before exactly. making the purchase. Yeah, cool. I try to publish one or two articles per month because they're well-researched, so it takes me time to, like, write them out. Mm-hmm. But, yes, feel free to follow the blog. And then, you know, anything else that you need, our website's actually much better. We're actually doing a rebranding of it in a couple of weeks, which I'm really excited about. It's going to be much more awesome. Cool. Oh, very cool. Well, by the time we launch this, then you'll have a new website. Exactly. That's exciting. So how about your social channels? Is that a great way to learn about you as well? Yes. So I do lives on Facebook and Instagram every week. And then I also do reels on Instagram. But Instagram, I think we also post a ton of information. Like we have the carousel posts. Um, we have did you know post. We do Mythbuster posts. And so if you're ever like, you know, interested in following me, that'd be awesome because you can just kind of see the stuff that I talk about. And, you know, 99% of things that I pull for that is because I'm working with somebody who is experiencing that issue. So while I don't say like Kathy from Scottsdale is having that issue, I'll say, have you ever known to, you know, your toddler doesn't sleep and wakes up three times a night? So, right. So I'm using what I'm learning in real life because I'm assuming that other people are kind of facing that same issue too. And then maybe generalizing it so that you could say, oh my gosh, I actually went through that two months ago. She's so right about that. Right. And then how do you actually solve it? So it's like quick tips. You know, I'm really about providing value, right? Because I understand that this is a very very fragile area, right? Yeah. So you have to be very careful about how you approach it. And you have to be very careful about what you put out there because you don't want someone to read something and then take it to mean something totally different. And yeah. so a lot of my posts are very well researched. A lot of my posts are, you know, stuff that I've experienced with my clients. You know, that's really true life. So you can say like, this isn't something that I'm Googling and putting out there. This is something that I'm experiencing myself as well. If you're going through it, most likely anyone 
there are other exactly. that, others that are going through it. Yeah, that's exactly. a great piece of advice there. So we are going to do a giveaway. We have some great handmade gifts that crocheted a little, a little bear, the snuggly bear, and then a little hat. Anna Eaton comes with a like a head wrap for mom, and so she can match baby. So we'll be giving that away when we promote the podcast. So encourage all the listeners to comment and comment on your posts. Get involved because that's what it is, is a community of moms that you have of new moms. And that makes makes it easier when we have others that we can relate to. Exactly. Well, it was so nice to meet you. It was a I'm really, really grateful for all of the work that you've done in this area for new moms because it is critical to get our sleep as new moms and for our babies to be healthy and happy kids for our families. Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. And again, thank you to all the listeners. This podcast was brought to you by the Checkable Health podcast team and edited by the Grow the Show team. Thank you so much for joining us. This was just an awesome podcast. If I was a new mom, I would definitely take advantage of Neha's training. And I love how she has it in so many different forms, the one-on-one, the group coaching, or maybe you want to do it yourself, sort of like online school. And the research part, definitely go to her blog. She has uh, so much information that is, is really relevant. And sleeping is our most important thing, I think, as moms, as well as the weight gain, which she talks about on her blog as well. So we will have opportunities for you to participate and enter to join our giveaway. So please follow us on all of the social channels. We are at Checkable Health. Thank you so much for listening. And we are empowering you to make healthcare decisions from home. So go out there, be healthy, thrive and live your best life.